Thanks for tuning to Digital Voices Podcast, where we chat digital transformation, challenges and opportunities across healthcare and life sciences. And now, your host, Ed Marks. Welcome to Digital Voices. This is Ed, and I'm with my producer, Megan. Hey, Megan, shout out to you. Hello. Hey, Ed. Glad and- to be here. Megan, we have another awesome guest uh, this week, and it's we don't have an official series, but we could have gone back and actually made one of really inspiring women leaders. And what is a you know one thing that you've really enjoyed about having all these inspirational women leaders on our podcast? I've enjoyed getting to hear a little bit about their journeys, and really, it's inspiring to me that. Pretty much all of them are moms. They have families. They're doing all of this at the same time. And it just, you know, goes to show that women can do anything and we're we're out there and we're we're making a difference. Yes. No, I love that. Uh, so I'm really excited to introduce everyone uh, to Sophie. And uh, Sophie, I wanted to welcome you to Digital Voices. Hello, Ed. Thank you for uh, inviting me to join in your podcast. Very excited. Uh, as I said earlier, uh, this is probably my first podcast and uh, very much enjoyed our conversation when we first met in person. And so uh, looking forward to sharing and having more open dialogue. Totally unprepared. Yeah, no, that's the best way, you know, because uh, Meg and I were talking about this. The, the one the individuals that have come on and we love everyone, so it's nothing negative. But the ones that were overly prepared, like they actually had a marketing department and PR, like go through all the questions and prep them. And you could tell they rehearsed the answers. It's kind of boring. This is we're more unplugged, like we're real people. We're, we're not overly we purposely don't overly engineer digital voices. It's just like real people. That's who we are. And that, that's what's cool about you, Sophie. And I, I love meeting with you uh, in New York. And I think that was really the first time that we had met. And we just had this great conversation, like two individual CIOs, you know, talking about work and life and you're just such a, a great person. So I know that you currently serve as the SVP and chief information officer at Northwell Health. But more than that, you're just, an, like we said, an awesome person, a great leader. And uh, yeah, so we're going to jump into that. So a couple of questions. These are two standard questions we have for everyone. What are songs on your playlist? So like when we got your iPhone or whatever you listen to or your Spotify, like what kind of music do you like to listen to? So I think uh, you'll find that I like all sorts of genre uh, and actually dip my toe into many different uh, new music uh, by extension of my daughter, who's 18. Uh, So, um, you know, you'll see my music span all the way from the Beatles uh, to Jimmy Buffett to, uh, you know, Imagine Dragons, to Adele, uh, to some of the, I think, the uh, newer music. So um, what about any sort of, is there a life message or a quote or a mantra or something that, words that you live by? I think that um, words I live by is to just enjoy life, uh, enjoy every simple and complex moment, uh, and really try to make a difference uh, in your every day, uh, whether that is small or big, but, you know, um, be intentional. Yeah, I love that. That's good stuff. So, Sophie, can you share a little bit about us, your story, uh, personal, professional, you know, sort of, we you know, 
where you grew up to all the way to, you know, where you are today, sort of everything in between, you know, some things you want to highlight. Sure. Uh, so I was born in Taiwan uh, and came over at about age of seven. I was tricked to come over here to go to Disneyland, uh, ended up realizing that I was never to return and eventually uh, migrated across country on Greyhound into New York uh, and ended up uh, settling in upstate New York uh, probably within that year. Grew up and uh, went all the way through high school there and then eventually um, moved into Pennsylvania for college and probably my initial career paths and then uh, was able to study chemical engineering and practice as a chemical engineer for about seven years or so uh, before I took a leap into uh, technology and started within consulting uh, in industrial gases and um, and consumer goods, and then leaped into healthcare probably about 20 years ago and stayed ever since. Um, never looked back uh, because I felt like it was the work to be done in healthcare was very tangible and uh, there was a lot to advance and evolve in healthcare in uh, America for sure. And so the work has uh, never uh, been, never slowed down and uh, ever more rewarding still through the Yeah, journey. that's awesome. And what about Taiwan? Have you gone back? Do you go back on a regular basis? I have not. Uh, unfortunately, I think the last time I was back in Taiwan was probably close to uh, about 20 years ago, 20 years or so ago. Uh, and at that time, I was visiting my grandparents, um, grandparents uh, back in the days. But most of my family are all, all out of Taiwan yeah. by now. So I haven't had the chance. But even within when I left at seven and then when I went back, uh, probably 10 years later, it has evolved so much uh, from, um, you know, it, the, it became, I was from Taipei. So it, the, the urbanness and the, the congestion and, and, you know, where I used to play in the parks were all yeah. gone. Uh, it got, it was very industrialized, but again, it advanced a lot. Uh, so see how fast. Yeah. And when you think about your journey, I mean, you're, you know, obviously a CE chemical engineering, it's a, like the hardest uh, engineering discipline, I think, uh, in terms of academics. <laughs> Don't say that too loud. Other engineers would not like that. <laughs> and, and, you know, you're in your position today. Do you think some of that experience you had to go through as seven years old, you know, going from something you were familiar with as brand new country, do you think there was something in there that that helped you to become who you are today? Oh, absolutely. Um, and it was interesting because I would tell you a, a long story short. Uh, when I used to travel and consulting, you know, you used to stay in these long-term hotels and you always see, you know, same weekly folks that you go to breakfast with at, you know, in the, uh, in the, in the breakfast lounge. And I met this gentleman and I always like to, you know, meet with different people, kind of have open, you know, conversations, just catch up. And uh, one gentleman came to me and basically we had a, a small conversation about the same, like, how did you grow up? What is your background? And so on and so forth. And he had said, yeah, I've noticed um, in as we dialogue and, you know, just kind of getting to know you, uh, you're very adaptable and you listen, you listen and you kind of uh, consume and assume, and then you sort of adapt it and evolve it into sort of your conversations and your considerations. And 
I never even really thought about that, uh, but I think that uh, it just complements, um, I think, what I always encourage my children and uh, encourage a lot of people to do is not only do you um, want to have interests that you go deep in and you invest time in and you open up your mind about to become, you know, and maybe you want to become an expert in it, or maybe oh, it will complement your skill set uh, or your knowledge. Uh, but with all that said, you need to be con a continuous learner. I want my kids to learn to learn, right? Because I don't think you can ever stop learning and you can never stop really applying what you've learned through experience, through conversations, through cultures, uh, and whether you call that adaptable or it's a complement of your tool belt that enables you to sort of mix it all up and reflect upon it and look at it from different perspectives. And, and you know, people, uh, you think about in technology, we're always trying to evolve into agile uh, nowadays, right? This is life agileness. Uh, how, how do you you know, um, always learn, communicate, adapt. And I think uh, the experience, whether I chose it or was forced upon me in life, uh, has always um, enabled me to be open to listening, learning, and adapting. Yeah, that's super interesting, you know, because I'm studying a lot about resilience today. And we talk about that in the business world, but also on the personal side and how do you cultivate resilience. And I, I think I'm fortunate in the same way that you are, Sophie, you know, we're both immigrants and uh, our parents came over. And so we had to we sort of adapt. And I love the term you used, life agile. And we just kind of yeah. were forced into it and it just became right part of our DNA. And so when we run into things in work environment, stuff like that, we're probably pretty much similar in terms of, all right, we'll roll with it. You know, we just go with it. Um, yes. And that's, yeah. it's natural for us, but for a lot of people, uh, it's a little bit of a struggle. And uh, so that's why I was so interested in your answer. And it's good. And it's something like you were sharing. It can be developed through continuous learning, uh, opening yes. up yourself to new ideas and experiences. And that whole, I think a lot of our listeners understand Agile, but then applying that to yourself as a person, that's, I think it's All really right. good. So that's right. good stuff. So I want to jump into sort of, you know, two or three areas here. The first is I want to talk a little bit about Northwell Health. And then I want to talk about, uh, you know, quote unquote, you know, I always do the air quotes, but digital transformation, I know overused word, but then really finish yep. up on leadership, which was what we basically started with. So can you share one thing about Northwell Health that many people might not know? You know, because obviously in New York, everyone knows about New York, but this audience is pretty global. Is there is there some fun fact or something about Northwell Health that not everyone knows? Well, I was trying to think, um, you know, obviously we're the largest employer in New York, that may be very common. Um, don't know if you know that we have probably one of the oldest inpatient psychiatric facilities. Uh, and um, thinking about the world today and how we want to uh, commit to mental health, uh, we continue to evolve and grow uh, that vertical um, and service that need in, in the community. Um, more fun facts. Um, I don't know if um, 
People also know we have a partnership with a uh, organization upstate, but it is a town that invests in a whole, um, the whole community from farming to living to uh, small community businesses uh, to the um, to to special needs uh, children through adult. And um, I haven't had a chance to visit, but I think it's really very special. And I think that um, we really need to think more. And I'll just continue the theme of you know mental health and special needs, um, it, it, especially in the world that we live in today. Uh, I do think we need to reflect and think about how to service um, more and more of the population that uh, very, very uh, much needed. Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, and we'll drop that in the show notes too, um, that, that unique collaboration that you have with the actual uh, city in, in, your, in your area. So that's, that's really cool. Uh, yeah. So you mentioned already that you grew, grew up, I mean, after, you, after your consulting, you moved over into healthcare and you've been at Northwell Health for quite some time, which is really remarkable and admirable. And so you sort of worked your way up. Can you share maybe one or two things, maybe it's the culture or one or two things that have helped you to stay and grow within the organization? I mean, you aspired, now you're the CI, you're, you know, you're at the top from the tech digital point of view. Right. Um, so I've been with Northwell Health for about 13 years. Um, and what really inspires uh, or inspires me about Northwell is that um, it is definitely an organization that is very forward thinking. Um, it is, uh, it looks at the healthcare as sort of a holistic healthcare concept. So it is more than taking care of the sick, it's more than encouraging wellness, but it is how do you extend that wellness to service the community? Whether that is, you know, you'll hear uh, Northwell and Michael talk about gun violence. You'll hear the um, assistance that we give to Ukraine uh, for for uh, you know telehealth services in times of need. Um, you talk, we talk about also outreaching internationally beyond Ukraine, but we help in in services uh, for healthcare and mentoring in other underserved countries. And and how does that come full circle into? I'll go back to the communities in the social determinant of health. Uh, but also just even um, reaching out during the pandemic uh, and figuring out what is needed, whether that is, you know, um, uh, vaccines or whether that is just um, extension of, um, you know, food yeah. or elderly yeah. services or, um, you know, religion for that matter right. uh, th through the community or, or faith. I guess is something that uh, we think holistically. Yeah. Um, yeah so I think that really matters, right? Because um, your job is, is sort of boundaryless uh, in the impact that you aspire to make. Uh, you really, uh, oh, and also education, don't forget. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, yeah. I truly believe in both of those concepts in order for us to evolve. Uh, healthcare and um, and I think that 
the values and the ability to um, have the, the leadership involvement and uh, mission uh, to service all of those things are, are, are inspirational. I mean, it, that is, that means so much more every day than let's say your budget or your uh, operational thing, even though they're all very important. Uh, but what, is, what inspires me to continue to stay is because I feel like I'm serving a larger mission and uh, making a difference. Yeah, it is. It is a remarkable organization. And, you know, you, you're, you're very fortunate. And one of the reasons that you, you sort of mentioned it, that you stay is you, you have a, a, just a fabulous CEO, right? Who very progressive, very forward thinking has been there a while. You've got a lot of stability and it's, it's uh, provides a great culture. I can only imagine. So um, that's really cool. And, and all of us walk our talk. Yeah. So I think the, um, you know, the inspiration uh, from Michael and all of the organization um, really walk our talk, right? We, we, we don't only go on a podcast or go speak about it publicly. Um, you know, a lot of our leaders really go out into the field um, and, and, and service yeah. um, the community. Yeah, no, that's, that's very special. And yeah, I can, I can, uh, sense the authenticity from you. And I, I, you know, I've know a couple of your colleagues as well. They're just, uh, equally as, as fabulous. So, uh, let's, let's switch over to a sort of digital transformation. You know, right now we're recording in Q1 of 2023, and there's a lot of financial headwinds for many organizations and margins are, are down to the negative as an average. And do you, would you, do you recommend, you know, if you, so if you're a CIO listening, uh, or a CDO listening to this podcast, you know, would you recommend generally like more investment into tech or or less investment? How do you view things like you know when you're in uh, these financial headwinds? Um, I think you can never stop investing into tech. Uh, just like I feel like you can never stop investing in good people. Um, I think that we always need to take the long view rather than the short view. And in, time, in the crunch times and in times of stress, you can't lose the long view of what you're um, expiring to, aspiring to do and with risk considerations and think about uh, what are your priorities to double down on. If you look back in whether it's tech or people, you want to then make sure that in everything you invest in, it is intentional and it's needed against your risk, right? And that you are, when you invest in something, that that is also providing that uh, the efficiencies or the return in the timeline uh, to minimize your risk and bring value back. At the same time, you need to measure regularly, right? Um, the, you know, the, the, the industry changes, the world changes, we change with it. Uh, and so you need to be iterative on your measurements of how you're doing, whether you are, are hitting the targets as you anticipated uh, and whether your risks are still the same. Uh, I know it's very general, um, but if you go back to, you know, a lot of my peers and Northwell as a whole, 
are doubling down in technology investment because healthcare is behind in technology. Uh, and we all understand that we need technology to evolve. Uh, and I do wish that in three years from now, we don't talk about the word digital transformation anymore and use some other word or the word digital just kind of goes away. Um, but when you are doing your digital uh, transformation, you're also looking at modernizing your tech stack. You're looking at um, evolving the, the usage of your data platforms and your data in general. And, uh, and anything that you're doing and investing in that you have, you're focusing on the people who are delivering the work, yeah. right? And the work that we're delivering is healthcare. And so when it, become, when it comes to efficiency, you're trying to make sure you are, you're mitigating the, the, the talent gap or the, the clinician burnout um, in the things that you're thinking about. And they don't have to be big and sexy sort of, yeah. you know, it's a, a magical pixie dust innovative initiative. Right. Um, they could just be, we call it, how do you optimize the interstitial space to really help someone do their work every day? Yeah. And every little bit for every one person times 80,000 plus counts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right. Yeah. If you modernize and, and invest in, in standardizing your, your ecosystem, you then in, it entails reduce your operational costs but also leap into optimizing your uh, speech and delivery for transformation. Yeah, no, that's, that's uh, good, good words of wisdom uh, right there. Yeah. A lot of organizations, they do this, Hey, we're struggling with finances. Let's cut 10% equal out of every department. And that to me is just, that's from like 30 years ago. I don't know, 20 years ago. Um, you need to think much more strategically and, um, so, yeah. And, and then your whole, the last concept, you know, I talk a lot about um, moving from pockets of brilliance to an enterprise of excellence. So yeah, you can have these great shiny object things, but sometimes it's just the bread and butter things that you need to do to make the organization more efficient, more productive. And it's, it's uh, yeah, one times 80,000 instead of 10 times, you know, instead of 0.1 times 80,000. So uh, no, that's really good. Where do you think, we might be headed as an industry in the next, I, it's too hard to go too far out, uh, but maybe three years, you know, with technology, what do you, what do you think will be mainstream that perhaps today is experimental or are there some things that you're thinking about that most people, most people are just thinking it's, you know, too far out. Right. Um, I, I think that, you know, you, as you've talked to a lot of our, our peers in the healthcare, um, a lot of folks in digital transformation talk about enhancing the uh, consumer experience, enhancing the engagement and the personalization uh, of the um, patient, their families, and whatnot. Um, I think that is gonna, that is table stakes. I think that is something that either is here or need to be here fairly quickly. Um, and then we talk about the partnership in that is where I think we're still uh, figuring out as an industry is um, how do you optimize and leverage technology for the clinician? And, you know, the, the, the discussion about um, AI and the discussion about automation uh, in the operations um, is, is still evolving. And, you know, um, the, the perception of healthcare 
um, being personalized and having to practice at the top of your degree or your profession, um, does the automation and technology take away from that? Now, that's both from a clinician perspective and could be from a uh, patient's perspective. Uh, so I think that all needs to be refined. And um, I think that there is a balance there that we need to um, discover and prove out uh, and have the adoption and the uh, belief of, of those, uh, those personas uh, to be able to leap and accelerate uh, those, those, those capabilities. Um, and, and I think, you know, last but not least, we talked about three years from now, do I think healthcare will ever become, a lot of people compare it to, you know, the financial or the travel industry? I, I, I don't think so. Uh, do you think healthcare is going to be Amazon or it's going to be, um, you know, um, uh, I'll just call it Walmart uh, uh, of the future? Um, yeah, parts of it, maybe. Uh, but the large pieces of that pie, uh, I do not, I, I still think it's very unique. And uh, it, it is a, the practice of medicine, the study of medicine, the research of medicine, uh, both from a, uh, delivery and, um, you know, staying well ahead of the curve uh, is still very different than just general consumerism. I, I think you're, you're right on. We can learn a lot from other industries, certainly take a lot Absolutely. of what they do and apply it to healthcare, but in no way do we want to necessarily be like that industry. We want to take the best parts of those and because healthcare is uh, a bit uh, unique and very personal, obviously for, for, uh, for obvious reasons. So anyways, let's move into, um, I, I really curious your thoughts. So some listeners maybe, uh, it, and it could be men too. Uh, but you know, we already established you're of Asian descent, you're a woman, you've uh, achieved great things. You're an inspirational role model. You heard Megan in the very beginning. She didn't know you had kids. You have kids. You've done all this stuff, you know, balancing everything. What's maybe one piece of advice you might give to someone who's like, maybe they're a manager or director that's listening and they, they listen to you and they're like, Sophie Lou, I, I want to be like her. Um, and again, it could be a man too, but um, what would be your, your advice? Well, first you don't want to be like Sophie Lou. You want to be whoever you are and whatever brand you, you want to present and whatever um, mark you want to make. Uh, in the world, right? Uh, so staying true to yourself, that's first and foremost. Uh, I also think nothing is impossible and you have to have the um, chutzpah to take that leap, to uh, say you're good enough and uh, network and um, get sponsor and mentorship uh, and, 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 and discover uh, what are the possibilities. Uh, I also think that um, I think that um, you need to open up your mind about the, the, the possibilities of roles, um, matching the sort of uh, your career, uh, your passion or your career desire. Um, title may not be it, 
uh, and titles don't exist uh, today for tomorrow. And so I think that um, you need to aspire and uh, follow your truth and be brave enough to go after it. Yeah. I love all those things. I, I just want to, I want to keep going down there, but for the sake of time, <laughs> for the sake of time. Um, so let me do a, 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 what do you call it? Like a bullet round or super fast round. I have two or three more questions and if uh, we'll just do them really fast. So the first okay. one is best advice you ever received. Uh, life happens when you're planning. Love it. What about how do you stay current and keep an eye on the future? I talk to people like you, Ed. <laughs> uh, okay. And here, here's uh, my, my last one in the speed round is uh, what's the hardest decision you ever had to make? You can take a little bit more, more than uh, 10 seconds on this. That is a hard one. Yeah. That's the hardest decision I had to make. That I saved from my husband instead of going to Singapore to open an office. <laughs> or or maybe you could just say uh i had to choose between career or love and at that point in my life i chose love i like the i like those both i i think it worked out for you for sure no, no, uh, absolutely but i still look back i said what if i mean he just wouldn't come yeah. with me it doesn't mean i mean i assume we would still be together but yeah uh, uh no, that's, no that's, <laughs> that's good i love that so sophie we talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about sort of life in general and, and your background was just so fascinating and coming over from Taiwan when you were seven, we talked about resiliency and life agile. And we talked about how do you create resiliency within yourself? Then we talked about uh, Northwell health. And then we talked about a little bit about quote unquote, digital transformation, technology, where we're headed. And then we ended with uh, a lot of uh, really good advice in terms of leadership and growing yourself what did we miss or anything you want to double down on as I give you the last word? I think uh, that I think that I cannot emphasize, and I was really happy that we talked about this. I cannot emphasize enough that uh, I think we started with uh, adaptable. Uh, and I think the, the piece if I had to leave behind uh, would be, you know, um, for everyone to, Take a look around uh, and not only within your career, but also in life and be adaptable, be learning and be willing to take a chance for yourself or for others to make a difference, whatever that may be. Uh, I think a lot of times we spend we, we spend time analyzing or paralyzed about a decision, whether that's life or work. And I'm not saying that we should not always process and think. I just think that sometimes we get paralyzed or we are uh, more risk averse and yeah. we, we kind of miss the bigger point. Yeah. And, Those Take those yeah. words in all things, life, play, or work. Yeah. And I think that it will serve you well. Yeah, Sophie, this this has been just a full of uh, remarkable 
uh, ideas and concepts for, for individuals uh, who are on their journeys. I, I love that. I love the whole last part about taking risks, be brave, be you. Uh, really inspirational. Thank you so much. You're a wonderful person, a great leader, part of a great organization. And uh, I really appreciate you being on the podcast as well as my dogs who are barking. I had a phone, you have a dog. It's all good. (laughs) Hey, that wraps up Digital Voices. Thank you. Thank you, Ed. Thank you for listening to Digital Voices Podcast with Ed Marks. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe on your preferred streaming service and leave a rating and review. And most importantly, thanks again for listening.